This is COVID-19 Seattle. I'm Dave Ross. And I'm Aaron Granillo. Criminals are using stolen identities and getting away with hundreds of millions of dollars in Washington unemployment benefits. The head of the state's Employment Security Department, Susie Levine, told Seattle's Morning News a fraud ring is targeting our states. We are working in close partnership with federal law enforcement. It is an active criminal investigation, and they are working very hard to track down the criminals as well as the money and get that money back. The U.S. Secret Service believes this fraud ring is based out of Nigeria. It is targeting several states, but Washington has been hit the hardest. People hanging on for their unemployment benefits will have to wait on a bit longer. Typically, when people use direct deposit, we are able to pay them within 24 to 48 hours. We are now saying 48 to 72 hours. So, Dave, you interviewed Levine. Did you get the sense that Washington will get these hundreds of millions of dollars back? I know she's determined to get it back. She seemed... uh... Very upset about this whole thing, about Washington being targeted, about the amount of money that's being taken, apparently over $100 million. That sounds crazy to me. Um, And I asked her why. And she said the reason is that Washington State's unemployment benefits are particularly generous. Mm -hmm. I believe the second most generous in the country. And the fraudsters know that. And so when they were looking for a state to attack... We came up high on the list. There were a few others, too. She mentioned uh, Massachusetts. And this was not a data breach involving the Employment Security Department. This apparently was a group of people who have just been collecting data from all the data breaches we hear about, it seems like, uh, every other week. And we're just looking for ways to exploit it. The The question I had for her, and, and uh, which she can't answer, is how do you get that money back mm-hmm. once it's been taken. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't think she has that answer yet either. I know she said she is working with uh, the federal government right now, though. So so here's what I, I want to ask, though, because the, the latest jobless report, it showed like a 27 percent increase over the prior week. Obviously, 27 percent is ex- incredibly high still. I mean, you know, two months into this pandemic, um, because Elsewhere around the country, we're seeing a drop in jobless benefits from the U.S. Labor Department numbers. So we've been seeing these huge rises for a couple of weeks now. Shouldn't there have been red flags all along that, wow, we're seeing like our numbers aren't really jiving with, with the rest of the country right now. Why are we seeing this big spike in unemployment claims and the rest of the country is starting to see their numbers go down? Yeah, great point. And, and I, I also asked, well, when you, when you start seeing money going out of state, don't you get an alert to that? Uh, she said, well, didn't want to give away too much, didn't want to alert any, uh, any bad guys who might be listening how it's done. But she said, yes, the alarm bells went off. But the attack here was so overwhelming, again, because of the generosity of the benefits, that's her theory anyway, that they couldn't get on top of it in time. Now, I suppose... That if the reason we're being attacked is that our benefits are too generous, maybe we should just get stingy and we won't be a target and, and people might get less money, but they would get it sooner. That That's that's the real tragedy here is that uh, people who are thrown out of work through no fault of their own, simply because our state was unfortunate enough to be targeted, have to wait now an extra few days and then sometimes weeks to get their checks. Yeah, here's what Levine had to say. She says workers will ultimately receive their money when they when they can. The money will not run out. Frankly, most of the money that has been paid out 
thus far during this crisis has been federal money. In terms of that, which is paid out from the state, we are in good shape with our trust fund. I'll tell you, Dave, I was monitoring our text line during your interview with uh, with Susie Levine. We've had mm-hmm. several texters come in and say... Uh, they, they contacted the Employment Security Department six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, and have still not got their money. Yeah, I mean, this, you know, Susie Levine can, can say what she wants and say that the state is working hard to get this money. But, I mean, that's not going to be good enough for, for people who don't know how they're going to afford their next meal, literally. Right. But they're overwhelmed, right? Yeah. And um, the initial response was to give the benefit of the doubt to those people who are filing claims and since no good deed goes unpunished, that made it much easier for the uh, the fraudsters to to get in. So going forward, what she wants to do is build up a supply of on-call staff mm-hmm. who are versed in the unemployment law and could handle a huge increase in traffic like this. Because that's, that's the other problem. So now, in addition to having record numbers of people filing for unemployment all at the same time, you have this outside attack from Nigeria – um, that was something that they were clearly not expecting. And so a staff that would have been overwhelmed in any case finds itself even more overwhelmed now. Yeah, it's infuriating, really. I mean, I don't know how the state really, you know, can defend itself here. I mean, you know, this is an attack that that is partially, I feel like it's partially, you know, the, the department's fault, perhaps, just because, you know, there were the red flags. But Ultimately, I mean, it's not like there was a breach at the Employment Security Department. These are people who are using stolen identities that they got from elsewhere online. I mean, I think a lot of the the identities that they're using were taken during the that big Equifax data breach. Yeah. So, I mean, the root of this problem runs deep. Well, from time to time, you see a release from the Department of Justice where they have caught somebody in some other country that was either making unauthorized robocalls or committing fraud of some kind. And uh, I'm sure that a few months or maybe a few years down the road, uh, we'll see a release like that. I just hope that they make a, a higher profile example of the people they arrest than they have so far. I would like to see them paraded in handcuffs uh, and put on a chain gang somewhere because uh, at, at some point... There are some people who just don't change their behavior until you really ruin their lives because of what they did. And maybe this is the time to make these people an example. The latest official coronavirus death toll in our state shows 1,044 people have died due to COVID-19. But Washington's health department now says it has also identified about 100 cases that are not linked to a positive COVID-19 case. We have been very aware of a small number of deaths that end up not being due to COVID. That's the department's Kate Hutchinson. She says about five cases actually involved COVID-positive patients who died of gunshot wounds. Now, still, the state's actual death toll from the virus could be two to three times the current total. Hutchinson says they've identified some 3,000 deaths dating back to January 1st that involved COVID-like symptoms. It's going to be hard to tell exactly what they died from because those people uh, were not tested. Um, But of course, I mean, we need an accurate death count to prevent this disease from further spreading. Uh, Dave, you know, Governor Inslee has said all along his decisions on reopening the government are based on data. Uh, can he still justify that reasoning, though, if we don't really have an, an accurate picture? Well, the the metric that I thought made the most sense was I think it was the New York Times that went back and looked at what the expected normal background death rate is 
and then looked at what happens during your typical influenza outbreak and then compared that to what's going on now. It's a statistical calculation, but at, le- at least it gives you an idea without having to figure out case by case who died of what, whether we're seeing something extraordinary. Their conclusion was that, yes, this is extraordinary. So that tells me that that answers the question, do you have to do something beyond what you would do normally during the flu season? So the answer to that is yes. Now we have to figure out how to target the response better so everyone doesn't have to be locked down. And that comes to figuring out who's got the the virus. And we are still behind in that for some reason. I think the only way to, to get a handle on that is if I could pick up the phone right now and tell my doctor I'm ready for my test and go down there this afternoon. You can't do that. Now, in some cases, I noticed uh, this morning in the news that Denver has set up a testing site at a, a downtown arena so that anybody who needs a test can go down there, walk in, get tested, and get on about their business. You have to make people feel secure enough about going outside. And the only way to do that, I think, is if we know that those who have the virus know to quarantine themselves. And I I think, I mean, I don't know about you, but if I went down and got this test simply out of curiosity, showing no symptoms, Mm -hmm. and I turned up positive for the virus, I would stay home. I'm not going to go out and be responsible for infecting a bunch of people. And I'm sure everybody else would feel the same way. And uh, uh, you'd call in sick, you'd get your your sick pay or whatever, and little by little, this thing would, uh, would, would disappear. But we just don't have that level of testing yet. I don't know who's responsible for it. Um, but as a country, that needs to be the policy because you can reopen all you want, but getting people to show up is a very different thing. We will be back with another episode of COVID-19 Seattle after a long holiday weekend. We'll be off on Monday, Memorial Day, but we'll be back on Tuesday to recap the latest coronavirus news. Have a great weekend.